Hello everyone and welcome to the ACE space. It's Friday which means it's special time and today we're going to discuss the debate. James Fielden has been gathering some of the best and brightest minds in volleyball to discuss some topics and pick some teams that I don't envy him for because it is a tough task. Um, how are you James? I'm all right Dave, how are you? Yeah, yeah, really well. I've just defrosted the freezer so... Oof, like what, did you what did you find around the back of it? Fish fingers, and I haven't eaten uh, fish fingers since I was three years of age, so I've got no idea how they got in there. <laughs> Any rogue peas or a couple of chips or? Yeah, yeah, a few, a few. Nothing, okay. nothing of any nutritional value, which is what fridge freezers are for. But uh, well, I've just, I've just been watching your unscripted with Paolo Rigonu, so uh, that's been keeping me occupied this afternoon. A very interesting character off the court, which I've never heard from before. So she's, that was a good insight. She's some player as well, isn't she? Yeah. Absolutely remarkable. Um, the brains, uh, in fact, let's call him our eyes at HQ over there in Luxembourg. Dan Manili, how are you, mate? Sure, good. I'll, I'll take that nickname. I think it's, I think it's appropriate. <laughs> also, you've been to the barber's shop and I couldn't be more jealous. I know. I've been, I was counting down the days to get a haircut and go back to the gym. And those, now, now that I have those, it's all, it's all smooth sailing from here. I, so we're doing this over Zoom, and I can only see these guys from the shoulders up, so I'm sure your chest and arms look fantastic, mate. That trip to the gym would have been worth it. Yeah, that, uh, yeah one workout is all it takes, right? That's how it works. Well, that's what I've been told. Um, so today we are discussing the debate that you had, James, around the top five non-European women to play in the Champions League. Is that correct? That is correct. So we've got Avital Selinger, Massimo Barbellini, of course, multiple Champions League winner, and Marco Aurelio Motta, of course, the Brazilian. So we've got some European and non-European uh, coaches to chat about this one as well. So, uh, yeah, a good lineup. Now, I know this sounds obvious, James, uh, but you've interviewed a lot of people over across a lot of different sports in a lot of countries. Talking to coaches is very, very different to talking to athletes, isn't it? It is. And actually, I find volleyball coaches some of the more articulate ones. You know, we work in some of the sports here in England, Dave, and you mm -hmm. don't always get what you want to hear. You get a lot of generic talk and a lot of cliches, this, that and the other. You don't really get much insight. But especially in these debates that we've had, I think you really do. And I hope that the, it's kind of translated like that across to the fans who are watching them, um, even though obviously it's none of these coaches' first language. Um, they managed to get get the points across really well, I think. And Dan, from from your perspective, of course, you're living in in Europe and working for European volleyball now. But as a sort of young fan growing up, you must have kept a keen eye on players travelling from other continents into European volleyball, right? Yeah, well, these debates are great for me as a Canadian because you know European volleyball is always seen as the pinnacle, right? All our best athletes go to Europe. You know, I, I played with guys and, you know, everyone would talk about, okay, who's going to get the contract to go pro play in Europe because that was really what, what the goal was for any young volleyball athlete was to go to Europe and play club volleyball and play Champions League. Dan, can I ask, I don't know whether you can answer this and you haven't been in Europe that long yourself, but, you know, it's one thing for me or Dave to maybe relocate to another country within Europe, but to move a whole different continent altogether. And, you know, these guys move around the world all the time. They might go for a, a season in Brazil or a season in China or Japan or, you know, wherever they might go. That has to play quite a, a tough role on your mind as well as playing volleyball each year, no? Yeah, well, I can kind of, I feel I can kind of relate to the players a bit more now being, you know, being removed from uh, friends and family and only getting to see them over FaceTime is tough but you know when you're getting to do what you love and just like athletes I think I get to do that so I think that makes it a lot easier. Now spoiler alert Dan there are no Canadians in this top five um is there a Canadian I should probably ask you this at the end but I'm going to go now is there a Canadian who you think could hold their weight in this sort of superstar status? Well I guess I guess right now maybe maybe we're uh leaning more towards the beach on the woman's side, having the reigning beach world champions. Um, but I think, I think uh, Canadian women's volleyball, like Canada just qualified for the Nations League, which unfortunately not happening this year, but that was a huge step for our women's program. Got players like Alexa Gray and, and Kiara Van Rijk, who are, are kind of younger rising stars in women's volleyball and playing in uh, Italy. 
and so, kind of some of the better teams. Maybe not being the stars of those teams yet, but I think every, we're just building more on the previous player's foundation every generation. And James, this is something a little bit different because usually things in volleyball, these kinds of lists are done in specific sets and segments, aren't they? So you choose the best setter or the starting six or or those sort of formats. So to to isolate five individual players across all the positions, was this a slightly more difficult debate to chair? Uh, yeah, I guess it was. We didn't have that structure in that sense where we normally, you know, pick one player from four or two players from eight or whatever it might have been. This was just a really long shortlist if, if such a thing was possible. Um, you know, dominated by the Americans. I think we had seven Americans, uh, six Brazilians, and then two each from Japan, Dominican Republic and Cuba. Um, and yeah, the guys saw the shortlist and they were pouring over it for a number of hours before sitting down and doing this chat. Um, and yeah, I imagine it's not too easy to to just pick players out when you haven't really got any kind of structure to pick them from. And some massive names that that didn't make the top five in the end. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to give too much away, obviously, but, um, <laughs> but there, were, there were plenty of players. I've got the notes in front of me here, which I won't reveal, but I've got, you know, initials of the coaches who voted for different players and, you know, players who I maybe thought would get in that didn't. Um, but yeah, there, there were a lot of players that could have easily made that five. As you say, five is no number at all when you're talking about all the players who played in the Champions League since the year 2000 uh, in the women's non-European category. So yeah, it was a real tough pick for them. You have hooked me in beautifully there. And also, you are the king of democracy in volleyball. You've got who voted for who. Oh, secret, secret ballot. Um, so what happens now is we will listen to the debate in full, the top five non-European women to play in the Champions League. Hope you enjoy it. Stick with us afterwards because we will uh, debate it even further. This is the top five non-European women to play in the Champions League. Welcome to the latest video in our European Elite series where we take a look at some of the best lists of players to grace the game of volleyball across Europe in the last few years. Today we're going to do the best five non-European female players to have played in the Champions League in the last 20 years. And alongside me I've got three great guests to pick the list with me. I've got Massimo Barbellini, of course, multiple Champions League winner. He's joining us from Perugia. Hello, Massimo. Hello to everybody. Hello. I've got Marco Motta, the Brazilian. He's joining us from Istanbul, of course, coach of Echasibasi. Hello for everybody. And Avital Selinger also joining us, who's working now for the Dutch Federation, of course, long-time coach with the national team of the Netherlands and has won multiple titles across the continent as well. Hello, Avital. Hello, good morning, everyone. Okay, guys, we've got this list, a short list at the moment. We want to narrow it down and then pick the top five players from outside of Europe to have played in the Champions League in the last 20 years. So let's go to Massimo first of all. Massimo, who is your first pick in this list? I start with one setter. I start with Elia Souza for foul. I think that she was one of the best setter in the world. I was lucky to work with her in three, in three seasons. Imagine that when she arrived in Italy, in three seasons, she won two championships, two Italy Cup, and one Champions League. So I appreciate a lot this player uh, for her simplicity to work. It seems like it every, everything was easy for her. And also, uh, I appreciate a lot because she was one setter that she was playing for the team, not for her. She was uh, trying to do every time the best for the team, maybe not doing something unbelievable situation, even if there's unbelievable solutions, even if she can. But she was playing for the team, and uh, I think that uh, she, deserves, she deserves absolutely to be in, uh, in the list of uh, the best player of the best player that played in the last 20 years the Champions League in Europe. Okay. From one Brazilian to another, Marco, who is your first nomination? Jordan Larson, uh, two times Champions League champion, 
for two different teams. She play in Kazan, she play also in Zazbashi. And she's a complete player, no? Receiver, spiker, is a dominant player. And for a long time, she lead different teams in, in the Champions League. And also, she's MVP in one edition of the Champions League, 2014-2015. My nomination go to Jordan Larson. So many American players have played in Europe over the last 20 years as we're talking now. As an English person myself, looking at the Americans, we always say they have an amazing mentality. They're so strong, you know, when they're playing sport. Is that fair? Yes, I agree. It's a good school. They come also from Europe to develop themselves. They come young. They come almost 24, 23 years old, and many of them become star in the world. It's a good school and good volleyball school that we, we call. Technically, also mentally, they are very strong. Okay. Avital, good to see you. Nice to have you with us for this list. Who is your first player you're going to pick? Um, I think, uh, you know, there are many, many great players, but I think I would go for, at this point, Magali Carvajal, simply for the point that at age 37, uh, something like that, actually late in her volleyball career, maybe not in her, her top shape at that time in 2004, she was able to lead from a center position the team um, to win the Champions League. Um, it was unique uh, for such a small, relatively small club as uh, as uh, Tenerife Marichal to uh, to be able to uh, to win the Champions League uh, at that time. But she was an all-around uh, player, a leader of the team, and she was maybe one of the last players who, as a center player, uh, stayed on the court even. Uh, being uh, playing in on the backcourt as receive and defense and attacking back row, and at that time uh, she was uh, even if for, for one day she was the old Magali who played well at that time the team of Massimo Perugia, which was maybe uh, much much better than uh, than us at that time. But for one day she showed the signs of being a great, one of the great uh, players of all time. Okay. Uh, Massimo, is that a selection you would agree with? About uh, the second uh, one? Uh, for Magali Carvajal. Uh, yes, yes. I remember very well that match. I remember very well that match that uh, Avital is talking about. And, uh, and, and, and also I remember her when she was in the best moment of uh, her career when she played with uh, Mireya, when she played with Ruiz, when she played with Torres. And I think, and I agree with Avital that she was uh, one of the best middle blockers of the history, for sure, for sure. I agree completely with him, because uh, I had the chance to see her to play also when she was in a really good shape, but also when she was a little bit older, she was playing in an unbelievable way. Okay, Massimo, who is your second selection? My second is easy. It's easy because it's Kim. I think that uh, she she's one of the more, maybe the more decisive player, one of the more decisive player for one team. I saw her doing some, some things unbelievable in one match to, to decide the match. Also happened against me. I remember in the quarter or final of London when, uh, okay, all Korea played really well, but as, as usual, she was decisive in the important moment. I think that she was, she's, she's a leader. She's a leader, she's a great player, a great service, a great receiver, good block and unbelievable in attack. So I think that in my experience in the last uh, 10, 20, 20, 20 years, 10 years for Kim, is uh, one, for sure one of the three more decisive players that I saw playing volleyball. Unbelievable, in all the team that she played, she was, uh, she was decisive in club, in national team. So, for sure, for me, Kim is one of the best not European players that played and that are playing, that are playing. 
uh, Champions League. Marco, we have a great person like yourself to speak to about Kim. How good is she to work with every day? Yes, nice player. Massimo talk everything. He said, this is a player, dominant player in different teams also. She played different teams. Fenerbahce also is Azerbaijan. She played last two seasons. She's an amazing player, amazing player. And she's a complete player. No? She play behind, she play front. She has a good team spirit. I think is uh, uh, a good, very important nomination. I think is my top three include also Kim in this top three. I just want the next step. I don't repeat some names. We try give different names, but in my the three best players in, inside it is three, three nominations. Okay. okay, so give us a different player instead then. Who's your next nomination? Zuting. Zuting for me is also an amazing player. She grew a lot of last three years, four years. She's growing. She's, uh, she play, we play against her in different competition and world championship and uh, i saw her playing world championship we played many matches in our Turkish league but she was decisive also in champions league finals and many competitions with uh, uh, her team in the Vakif bank i think zuting is, is my nomination from this top five yeah, i think twice, she's an incredible player twice the champions league winner already how much more can she go and do in her career? Because when we speak now, as we're recording, she's only 25. You know, she arguably has the best years of her career ahead of her. Yes, she's, uh, how I say, she's growing. She's, she, when I saw her first time and I saw last years, I, she improved a lot of it, especially behind. In reception, she's growing. She become sure, one of the best one of the best, no, maybe one of the best three players in the world. In, she now is the best three players in the world. She can be sure the, the best player in the world in, in short time. Okay. Avital, let's bring you back in. Who's your next player for the list? Well, actually, we're done. We're, we are five, you know. Uh, I agree with all, but uh, just to add to the discussion, you know, there is... Uh, uh, you know, in the center position, we still have uh, Fabiana to see, to compete, uh, discussion, uh, see uh, from Brazil. I mean, uh, she played in Fenerbahce in the year that uh, with Zé Roberto, if I'm not mistaken. In 2011-12, yeah. Yes. Uh, Logan Tom playing on the, in the position of Larson as well. Obviously, two King. And uh, and Kim are you know they are they were able to come in their prime time to Europe and and really uh, one if not the best players that ever played in the Champions dominant players let me put it this way non-European uh, dominant players um uh, you know uh, this is uh, it could be. Uh, uh, well, Logan Tom, let me put, you know, Logan Tom. Okay. The American, the former outside hitter, you know, Champions League winner with Fenerbahce in that same year as uh, Fabiana Claudino yeah. in 2011-12. What made her such a good player? Well, she's an all-around player. He's a type of player uh, like Larson, you know, uh, but great great uh, defensive player uh, spiritually you know really could uh, take the team on our back and really uh, um, uh, lead the team and do all the small things especially on defense you know and difficult ball uh, difficult balls to make the team stronger and uh, that I would may uh, I would say the character of uh, Logan Tom okay. Massimo, back to you. Who's your next pick? Next is uh, Sheila Castro, because uh, okay, she 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 didn't play so many Champions League, but I think that she deserves to be to be in this list because she was 
she is, but she was also unbelievable player. She won two times Olympic Games. And I think uh, it's uh, for me has been every time one example, uh, like uh, as as uh, like one as one player, maybe not unbelievable from the physical point of view because she cannot compare from some players. I don't know Su Thing, for example, this kind of player. Uh, but but uh, you can be you can be one unbelievably great player with your techniques with your way to stay in the court. So also when I was coach uh, of Italian national team and it was the time in which he was playing in uh, first player great players in the Brazilian national team. I I saw her every time as example like you can be a great player even if you are not so strong uh, unbelievable from the physical point of view. I saw her to play. Also, in the last World Championship Cup, and uh, she was playing. Uh, she was playing. She was playing. Now, still playing in a great level, for sure. Not in the level of ten years ago, but when you have technique, when you know what you do, what you can do, I think that it's important that, that to understand, to see these players, to understand how you can be a great player. And uh, for this reason, I put uh, Sheila in this uh, short list. The one thing I always notice about Brazilian players, they always play with huge smiles on their faces. They always seem so happy. How important is it, Massimo, when you're building a team as a, as a club side to have players who have good personalities as well as excellent players? No, 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 it's true. It's true for sure. To enjoy, I think that it's really important. To enjoy, I think it's really important. I was lucky to work with many Brazilian players, great Brazilian players. I said, okay, I talk about Fofal, but I can talk about Valesca, I can talk about Thaisa. I don't want to forget nobody, but uh, I think that this attitude to enjoy, but probably Marco can explain better than me, to enjoy when you play, to enjoy when you work. I think it's really important uh, also because you can transmit these uh, sensations, this sensation to all the other players around you. And this is really important. Overall, when the when the moments are not so good, when when everything is good, it's not a big problem. But when the when the things are not going so good, maybe to have some players with this attitude is really important. Marco, what do you feed these Brazilian players back in Brazil? Yeah, it's about spirit, you know, Latin spirit. You become you know, Cuban, uh, Dominican Republic, Brazilian players. Latin player has this characteristic, aggressive, they are aggressive, they are smart, they learn to play volleyball in different ways, they are smart to play, many of them has similar characteristics, but uh, like you said, no, in the world you have different characteristics, but good players everywhere, everywhere. In Europe you have different characteristics and very nice player, but now we are talking about foreign players and Latin player has these characteristics. Uh, if you look also Cuban players, they have similar characteristics. No? They are more, uh, these become from our, our culture. It's not about sport, but about our culture. So as a Brazilian person yourself, Marco, what characteristics do European players have that maybe Brazilians don't have? Discipline, tactical discipline, especially tactical discipline is a big difference between European players and uh, Brazilian players, for example, other players, also Brazilian, developed this a lot of during the years, but we need to work a lot of to develop the tactical discipline from Latin players, Dominican, uh, Republic, Cuban and Brazilian players, similar characteristics, like I said before. But okay. that's a big difference is about that. I think if I need a, uh, give one characteristic for uh, European players is about tactical, tactical discipline. Okay. Who is your final selection for the top five? It's hard. We talk about many players. Just want to give you other option. Well, maybe my best top five is in, inside this list, but I give other names. We have Betania, De La Cruz, we have Mirka Francia, we have also Keba Phibs. They are dominant in their teams when they play. I, I want to choose one of them between Betania, Mirka and Keba Phipps. I, 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 Mirka maybe uh, Massimo can talk better. He works also with Mirka, also oh, many players. Keba, Keba Phipps also work with Massimo. And, but Betania also, Betania de la Cruz is a very important player in this, in this rank. She play 
important moments also in Champions League. I stay with Betania, Betania de la Cruz. Okay. So the Dominican opposite she played for Chasibasi, Dinamo Moscow and Scandici as well. She's played right across the continent. Why is she so special for those teams? Why have they signed her in the past? She's a dominant player. I, I think especially in attack was a very important player. We, we talk, we have many good players in this list. But what I focus about to be dominant in the team, you know, to be real dominant in the team. And Betania was, uh, when she played, she was real important players in this, uh, in this winning in phase of the teams that she played. Okay. So, Bethania de la Cruz is on the list. Avital, final player from you. Okay. Um, I would, then I would go for Mirka. And the reason is, if I can remember well, she would play in multiple positions, if I'm not mistaken. You know, I remember playing in the middle. Uh, and maybe uh, she used to be to play also a little bit on the outside in some way. Maybe um, Massimo can uh, help me with that because I don't remember where. Well, it's opposite too. Opposite as well. Um, well, I would go with her. Okay, perfect. Right, so we have a, a short list of such. We have Sheila Castro, Bethania de la Cruz. We have Merca Francia. We also have, who else do we have? Jordan Larson. We have Magali Carvajal, as nominated by Avital. Uh, Fofau is in the list. Zuting, Logan Tom, and Kim Young-Kung. Right, so now we have to narrow this down to the top five. I don't really know how we're going to do this, but I'm going to put the pressure on Massimo to name, let's, let's pick the, the fifth best player in the list. Oh, the fifth? Five, I have to tell you five names. Okay, I tell you Fofao, Kim, Larson, Zhu, and uh, it's difficult, eh? it's not well, so easy. Is there may are there maybe three players that have to be on the list? Ah, three? We, we need three to narrow it down to the best five. Three players, I told you Fofao, Kim and Larson. Is that fair? Marco, would you agree? I go Larson, Keen, and Zuting. And Avital, this is a very tough choice, I know. For, for the three, I, I must go with Massimo in just the, because Fofau, for me, you know, it's very obvious to go all the people who score a lot of points, but we know actually that the setter is sometimes the most underrated player uh, among journalists, among fans, because it's not so spectacular, it's not, but we as coaches, we, we must give credit uh, to the setter. The best setter always win, usually, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to, that Maximo brought uh, Fofau uh, into the list, because I, I did not even remember that she played in Europe so much, so uh, she's a must-stay, so I, I would go uh, for Fau, Kim, and Larson. Okay, so it looks like we can all agree on Jordan Larson, Kim Young-Kung, Zhu Ting, and Fofau in the top five. Is that okay? So we have four of the five? Yeah, okay, for me it's perfect. Okay, so we need one more player. Who's, who else is going to get into the big five? You also picked uh, Magali Carvajal, you also picked Merca Francia, Bethania de la Cruz, Sheila Castro. Any of those players should go in with the ones we've already picked? I vote for Mirka because she won uh, two times, as one time as position four in Cannes, one time as, position, as opposite player in, uh, in Murcia. So I think it was not so easy. Marco, is that, is that an okay pick for you? Yes, uh, I give you three names. My fourth name is, is nominated by Massimo and uh, is Fofan, no? Setter is my yeah. fourth nomination. My last nomination, I'm between Sheila. Sheila for me, maybe maybe not for how she plays in Champions League. The problem is like that. But how she plays in the world competitions. No? She's an amazing player. 
I think she deserves also this nomination for she play also in Champions League, but especially how she play in very important competition like Olympic Games. Okay. Avital for the fifth player, Merka, Shayla, or somebody else? Uh, well, as I said, you know, I can go with any decision, you know, I'll be uh, fine with that. But if we start to, uh, to bring uh, other competition into the game and overall, you know, uh, dominance in the world, then, you know, I can really, Shayla is an unbelievable player as well. Um, as I said, uh, you know, Mirka, especially what she have, has done in the Champions League at that point, but she always played in, in a very, 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 very strong team, very strong league. That's why, uh, you know, uh, we can all remember her performance. But as I said, so if uh, and multiple, you know, it's very strong argument that Massimo bring into uh, into the table. Uh, and the only thing I could say is what I said before about Magali, that she was able really to take the team and beat Mirka and Aguero as a former Cubans in that, in that match and uh, in the finals of uh, the Champions League in her. And I remember what she told me, and that's not for that discussion, but uh, so just for the sake of argument, you know, I'll put Magali again on the table. Okay. <laughs> so, so we need to we need to pick between Magali, uh, Merke, and Shayla. Is is anybody willing to accept a different opinion? Maybe we no, should no, do two of them. Everyone <laughs> should do two of them. You have to decide. Some more. Uh, uh, it's, it's too tough. Well, I think, I think you guys are saying maybe that Shayla Castro had better success with Brazil than she did with the club teams. Is that fair? Okay. 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 So we leave Shayla Castro out. But that was also uh, for Magali, you know. That was Magali. All the Cuban players, they usually yeah. came after they were on the top. I mean, I'm sure if the Cuban players would come to Europe in their prime, they would be maybe more dominant in our Champions League. But that was not the case uh, and that's what you know very very difficult to compare Mirka was able to to be earlier yes my just question about Carvalho is exploded before a little bit before you know, 90 between 90 and 2000 is the best time of uh, Carvalho no Sheila exploded between 2000 2010 yeah well, and, and well, that's why between 2004, 2004, 2012, for example, she, the time of Sheila was more uh, recent. No, Mirka is also 2000, between 2000, 2012, 2014, no, something like that. Yeah. I think it's different time. You know, they, they have different, they have different uh, time. But Magali is Carvalho is an amazing player, one of the best middle block in the world, sure. Okay, so so who's the, who? Who yeah, are we going for? This uh, is very hard. Marco, you're going to have the decision. You 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 uh you have the decision here. To decide. To decide the fifth player. No, I continue with uh, Sheila. Also, argument of Massimo is very. If you look just just Champions League, my choice is Mirka. Sure. Okay, Champions League. What she did in Champions League in the teams was more. But I would talk about players in more uh, uh, wide uh, scenario. Uh, it's about that. I think if I need to choose, my idea maybe we can explain. We if you want each one choose two players, maybe we can we can define it the last one in the best way. Understand? If each one. Choose two, two of three players can be good option for us, maybe. Okay. <laughs> well, whoever, whichever player we pick here from uh, Merka or or Shayla or Magali needs to go in fifth place, and then Mirka we have four more players to rank. So who? Mirka and Shayla. Mirka and Shayla is my choice. Two of them. Okay. Massimo. Me too. <laughs> Abital. Well, then I go with uh, Mirka. Okay. 
Can we can we agree on Mirka? Mirka is Rasta Schweiss. Okay. Three of us put Mirka in the best two players in the Okay. So Mirka Francia is our fifth best non-European. Okay, so now we have Fofal, Jordan Larson, Kim Jong kung and Zhu Ting. Who is number four of all time? Ah, in this one, ah, now, now it's difficult, really difficult. In this four, <laughs> it's not so easy. It's not so easy. Maybe, maybe Kim. Maybe Kim, fourth. Maybe Kim uh, for what they talk about Fofao, about Larson, about Zoo for the future. That Zoo, I think that uh, we will have. Because maybe if we talk uh, in five years, we talk about, uh, we will find again Zoo. So maybe Kim as fourth, I put. Marco, is that fair? Yes, in fourth place. It's hard. Hard decision now, <laughs> very hard decision. Um, I will put Fofa. Fofa also is okay. an amazing player, but uh, I put Fofa in the in the fourth place. Avital? Well, you know, I I I really really think that any set deserve to be. Uh, in a in in a higher place, you know they all they all can be you know I know if there is somebody if you take the setter out then probably Larson would be number five five if you uh, and two thing and number uh, and and Kim would be number one and two and then Mirka because she can play. Or they have the ability to decide by themselves, high ball, you know. But so in that aspect, Larson is very definitely uh, dependent on the setter, as well as the setter dependent on on Larson. Because if Larson brings the balance in passing, then the setter can be doing what she's supposed to do. So actually, it's very tough call, and actually, uh, uh, we should give credit to Larson being, you know, I'm I'm sure. Well, actually, they all great players, you know, and but Larson gives and 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 um, makes the team much stronger without even you know scoring the points and for foul. Any setter, definitely. And uh, so I'll go with uh, Kim uh, as a very, very dominant player. So that's, uh, you know, I'll put Larson as number, even though she had the opportunity to, to play and win more than uh, maybe other players. Uh, I'll put her number four because of the importance of uh, the other three. Okay, so, so we have one vote for Kim, one vote for Fofau, and one for Larson as the fourth best player. Uh, how, how do we decide this? Maybe let's go to the third best player instead. Who is the third best player uh, to have played in the Champions League who isn't European Massimo? Larson. Okay. And maybe who is your second? Maybe my second uh, for foul and first Kim. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> uh, Marco? It's really difficult because you can do this and you can put uh, all the names and uh, as you do, you are, you are right or you are wrong. Yeah, sure, exactly. of course. But I can motivate for this reason because I think that Zoo is, is the future. It's not only the present, it's also the future. And so I think that uh, she can stay in the first place for sure in my opinion, but also uh, there are many reasons to put also for foul as first or Jordan Larson that won in different teams in different situations. Uh, they are all unbelievable players. But if I have to say something, I tell you this one. Okay. This way. Uh, Marco, can you give us your top three? Top three is King, Zuting and Jordan Larson. In which, sorry, in which order? Kim, 
like a third one between Suting and Jordan is uh, uh, well, Jordan is more uh, complete player, but I think Suting is very very dominant in this scenario. I can put Jordan like a second and Suting like a first one. Okay. And Avital? I would put uh, number one Zuting, Kim number two, Bofao number two. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. So I think, is it fair to say that the majority of you have said Zuting is number one? Is that okay? Can we yes. agree that? Okay. Let's yeah. say Zuting. Zuting is number one. Number two, we've got one vote for Fofau, one vote for Jordan Larson, and one vote for Kim. Um, I don't know how to separate them. You guys, you know, you say it, it could be in any order. They're all such great players. But is there anybody that really deserves to be behind Zhu Ting for their achievements in the European game? Jordan Larson. Can, can we agree, guys? Is that okay for this? I agree with Marto. Jordan. I'm just joining, you know, <laughs> just to, you know, again, you know, I have to, to make this clear, you know, uh, it's, I, I put Jordan Larson uh, on number four, just because I wanted to, I, I see the importance of, of Kim uh, and Tsuting as dominant players who could even win without uh, Larson or without a, a dominant setter because of their ability, you know. Uh, but I wanted to, and I decided to give Fofau the benefit of being a setter on, on Larson, which is, uh, so actually by agreeing with that, and she jumps from number four to number two in the list. But you know, this is not even a discussion, you know, they are all, uh, you know, volleyball is a team sport and, and you cannot win by yourself. So, you know, uh, for me, uh, they are all uh, great players. So obviously, I have no no uh, objection to 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 live with um, uh, Larson in, in second place. Okay, no problem. But for third place, do we want Fofau in there to give a setter some kind of uh, prominence in this list? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, and then and then I, I feel that means that Kim goes to fourth. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I'll go for that. I'll, I'll put them in, uh, you know, like in judo and boxing. I put them in the same place, two third places, and then the rest uh, goes. You know, uh, they deserve. They deserve to be to to earn a medal, uh, both. You know. Okay. So guys, I think we have our top five in fifth place. Uh, Merkia Francia. Kim Jung-kung in fourth, Fofau in third, Jordan Larson in second, and Zhu Ting in first place. Uh, Marco, you know, this just goes to show, I think, how lucky we are as Europeans and you, know, you, you yourself working in Europe to have such amazing players play in our domestic leagues. Exactly. It's so hard to separate them. Exactly. It's a top star in the world. They perform very well in our championship in Champions League and also in local leagues. We are very, you know, we are very lucky to play with this player in Europe for a long time. I think, except maybe uh, for fun that play maybe four or five years in Europe, the other players play long time. Uh, also, Zoo probably returning to Europe is not made into top best. Top five. And Avital, is there a player that you would from this list that you would just love to work with more than any other player? No, I think all the players we mentioned are top athletes, and there are some more players which we didn't, did not even mention. But uh, you know, uh, the it, it, it's great players to work with. You know, and uh, for me as a coach, that was a great experience to get to know other players from all over the world, you know, and, uh, and to learn how, uh, you know, different style of volleyball, but all the names that are here, uh, I'm sure they are top athletes and great players to work with. Okay. 
And finally, let's end with Massimo. Is there a player maybe who's not on this list that maybe in 10 years' time will be on this list, like a rising star who's from uh, one of the non-European countries? I don't know. I don't know. It's not so easy to see, to understand now, because I think that this list is a really, really good list. It's a really good list. For players in the future, if you ask me now, uh, now maybe I have problem to un to 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 see something so strong as this player. As I told you, as I told you before, for example, Zou, I think that she will be in this list for I don't know, ten years now, but maybe five years for sure. So it's not so easy to see some players of this level. For sure, volleyball is increasing the level and uh, I think that all, for all the players it's really important to play this competition, CFB competition, because uh, as we said, maybe they are so strong in national team, but I think that to play this competition as Champions League overall is really, really important for, for growing up. So now I think that this list is, is perfect. I think that uh, I can say that I was really lucky to work with some of these players. Uh, and I, and I think that this list is a really good list. Uh, as uh, my colleague said, probably they, many players deserve to be in this top five. But I think every, every coach has uh, some, some opinions and our opinions goes to, went to this, this decision. Okay. Guys, it's been a really great discussion this morning. Finally, we managed to get our top five. Uh, Merke Francia, Kim Jong-kung, Fafau, Jordan Larson and Zhu Ting is our number one best non-European players to have played in the Champions League. Guys, it's been great to have your company today. Thanks very much for joining us. Look after yourselves and we'll see you on the court soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. There we have it then, the top five done and dusted. Uh, we've had the opinions of three great volleyball minds, so let's go to another. Dan Manili, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, they, I think they did a pretty good job narrowing down what was a pretty tough shortlist. Um, I'm a little surprised to only see one American player on there. You know, I think like the United States traditionally maybe a superpower of women's volleyball in terms of the amount of resources and players that they produce. But I guess there's been a, a real uh, renaissance in, in Asia, a lot of Asian mm -hmm. countries in terms of women's volleyball as well. So it's, I'm not surprised to see uh, Zhu Ting and uh, Kim Young-kun on there. In terms of those Americans then, who, who might you have snuck in to that top five? So I have one player that I think I would have put on here, and that's Kimberly Hill, yeah. who, to be fair, has uh, only really come on strong the last part of this uh, period. But still, she's been like going deep in Champions League every single year of the last you know half decade. Really, really talented player, in my opinion. Like to have a player that that's that tall who can also pass as well as she does is is something rare. And I think you know that's probably why Zhu Ting made this list as well. Um, but I think just her accomplishments in her, in her gameplay should, should have her on this list. With regards to Jordan Larson, though, I don't think anyone would dispute her place in that, uh, in that top five. And we talk about versatility. She has been um, in the Champions League dream team as a best blocker and a best receiver, and she's won MVP, and they were all in, in separate years as well. She's been, oh, and of course, winning two Champions Leagues with, with two different clubs. She spent quite a remarkable time in, in Europe, James. Yeah, incredible. I mean, the, the achievements speak for itself. Um, different clubs, different styles of volleyball, different coaches. And yeah, as you say, you know, it was that early part of the last decade that's just finished, wasn't it? You know, mm -hmm. best blocker in 2013-14, uh, best receiver 2011-12, and the MVP award in 2014-15. Um, yeah, it's ticked every single box in that sense. And the highlight of that European career as well, being our very first guest on the Ace Space podcast. So thank you very much, Jordan. I'm um, also interested in her next step as well, because she's announced that she is on the, um, I, I will word this wrong, but it is essentially the, the sort of players representative committee of the prospective new professional league in the USA, Dan. That sounds like something that fans can get really excited about. No, and I am really excited about this one because there, you know, it's always been a little confusing to, to all of us North Americans why there isn't more 
uh, professional volleyball in the United States and Canada. And, and there have been, you know, several attempts over the years to start something like that, but obviously very difficult thing to start. But I think having people like Jordan Larson on board is a great, and having the USA Volleyball endorsement is a great um, stepping stone for them in terms of giving it more legitimacy right out, right out of the gate. So she was in at number two. Let's go, let's go number five then, Mirka Francia, another of the Cuban-Italian crossover athletes, but, um, you know, two-time Champions League winner and, of course, everything she did internationally as well. I'll be totally honest with you, not a player that, that I am overly familiar with, but sort of looking at her record and, and retrospectively, Looking at the uh, looking at the videos of, of her footage, I can certainly see why the coaches came to that decision. Yeah, I mean, not the biggest player, but certainly someone with great athleticism and, and a really good eye for the block. Uh, could play either of the the pins, so could hit from the left side and the right side equally well, and just an all around fantastic athlete. Two Champions Leagues, difficult to uh, difficult to to argue with that, isn't it? Um, on to number four then, and Kim, and interestingly, uh, Milena Rasic, who is another guest on the A Space podcast, put her in her dream team alongside Zhu Ting. And is this is this another obvious choice? Do you lads think? Does it speak for itself in at number four? I think there was some debate, wasn't there, between the coaches as to where she was going to position in this, and in the end. Um, because we only had limited time, I think we had to kind of force a decision out of them. And mm. I think the kind of overriding feeling was that the four ahead of Merca Francia could have been ordered in any, mm. any combination, you know, depending on coach's own preference or whatever. But, you know, Kim was always going to be a name that was in there, has consistently done it since she's been in Europe with uh, Fenner and Achassi Bassi. Um, and yeah, it just shows how good the others are that they've ranked above her, I guess, in the final standings. Also, uh, she played for a team in Japan with one of the best names of any volleyball team in the world. JT Marvelous. Uh. <laughs> Superb name. Um, interestingly, James, I know we, we tend to talk about it in every podcast episode, but the 2012 Olympics where you and I first met and it was our first... Um, oh, Dave, you're making me emotional. Oh, it's hard not to. But uh, Kim was there, of course. She ended up as the uh, as the MVP, didn't she, in 2012? Yep. Um, and Joe Healy, who was a, a journalist who, who worked alongside us, when she saw Kim, bearing in mind she was on the cusp of, of making the Great Britain Olympic squad, she was genuinely starstruck and was sort of scared to ask her for a photograph or anything. It was uh, it was quite amazing, really. She's She's one of those players and... And Zhu Ting's another, and we'll talk about her shortly, who just have the most amazing respect in the game and their, and their fan base and the reaction they get from volleyball supporters is, is remarkable, really. Yeah, Kim's another one, isn't she, who is obviously very, very big when you come and stand next to her. Yeah. But if you, if, if you chat to her and engage with her, she's very, very respectful, mm -hmm. very, uh, not quietly spoken, but... Uh, nicely spoken you have a, you can have a nice conversation as yes as you say she absolutely loves her fans will devote time to them you know all the Champions League games that I've been at where there have been uh, Korean fans or fans with Korean flags she'll always go and pose for pictures she's got mm -hmm. time for people just a, a, one of the good guys and has a very uh, popular YouTube channel if you guys are, are ever interested in that hang on are we plugging other people's channels now Dan what's going on here <laughs> <laughs> saying it's a, it's a great it's a great channel if you want to see your blogging probably won't understand a lot of it unless you're korean but <laughs> you if you're giving out korean lessons mate i am in uh number three we couldn't possibly have a uh, top five non-europeans without including a brazilian and fofao came in at number three uh again outside of europe and champions league she played in five consecutive Olympics. That is staggering. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe the, probably the best setter of all time in volleyball, one of the best players of all time, certainly one of the most decorated. But I was a little surprised at this decision considering how little Champions League she did play, maybe compared to the other options we had. But, okay, well, who might you have put in 
instead then. No, I don't have I don't have anyone else maybe that that I would put in, but something that I found really interesting is the fact that she didn't come to Europe until she was in her thirties, but still managed to win a couple of Champions Leagues, a couple of C V Cups. Just incredible consistency. I guess I guess Dan as well, you know, for players, especially in the women's game, you know, we've got to remember that some of these players want to have children. They've got to decide when to take that decision and, you know, to decide on the years or year that they're going to leave out of the game. And especially if you're coming from somewhere so far away like Brazil or Asia or wherever it might be, these are all those kind of tricky decisions that you've got to plan. And when you're mapping out your career, you've probably got to decide that, I wouldn't say a relatively early point, but you probably get to get to your mid-20s maybe and think, right, if I want to settle down and do this, I've got to do this at this stage or this at that stage. That's another tricky thing for the women especially to consider, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the short time she was there, that she put in an incredibly impressive performance and resume. Um, and finally then, the number one shooting, was there really a, a discussion to be had? Was this one of the ones that would be a unanimously popular decision? I mean, to be on the list, for sure. Number one, I mean, I think, like, like James was saying earlier, any four of these players probably had an argument for number one, but yeah, Zhu Ting, I mean, another player who, you know, I'm at that age now where, I, where athletes are starting to, a lot of them are younger than me, which is weird to see. And Zhu Ting being, uh, being only 25 is, is also another incredible, incredible feat. James, on your various Champions League journeys over the years, you must have commentated on her a number of times. I've not experienced many players in many sports that have the kind of travelling support that she has. People love her, don't they? Yeah, and, you know, Istanbul is probably my favourite city to go and watch volleyball in. You know, there are so many of the big uh, women's clubs there. Vakifank play in this funny-shaped arena, don't they? It's, yeah. it's quite... It's quite small, but quite tight. Um, and I always love going there. Uh, it's a great place to go and watch volleyball. And yeah, she, she is. She's just one of those great players, obviously great players. And still the only, the age of 25, still has great years ahead of her as well. Stop me if you get bored, right? But she's won, she's been MVP in the Champions League, the World Club Championship, the Turkish League, the Olympics, the Chinese League, the Grand Champions Cup, the World Cup, and the Asian Championships. I might have missed some out, but there are definitely those eight. Um, at 25 years of age, staggering. I mean, I, as part of the Unscripted series, I spoke to, to Gozde Kirdar, of course, another a legend of Turkish volleyball. And in the, um, in the Simply the Best round, she said that Juting is the best player that she's ever played with or against. And I think that is, is quite serious praise from somebody who's achieved that much. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, obviously the Olympic performance in 2016 mm. and then basically being, you know, being begged to come play in Europe because she had spent her, uh, her club career in China up to that point mm. and then coming to Europe and then immediately just being one of the best players in Europe and living up to the hype that everyone kind of placed on her during that time, being like, oh, Zhu Ting's going to be this incredible player. Like, why isn't she playing in Champions League? And then she came lived up to it and, and here we are with Zhuting as the best um, non-European to play. Here we are. Um, James, we talked about it briefly at the, at the top of the show, but you've done a few of these debates now and they've been really successful, both in terms of the, the, the number of people who've watched them and also the additional discussions that have sort of been lovely little green shoots that we can keep our eyes on. But uh, what were your, your sort of overall thoughts during and, and after this one? I love watching women's volleyball. I think you see some amazing personalities um, that really come out, you know, beaming smiles, great players. And, yeah, I think one of the questions I asked in one of these podcasts was asking what general characteristics you have from, say, South Americans that you don't have from Europeans. And I can't remember exactly who it was who said this to me, but they were saying that, you know, from the South American point of view, especially, you get a lot of passion. Mm. You know, you can see... Well, you obviously can't see their heart beating, but, you know, you can tell there's so much desire in there to win. And obviously, you know, every player wants to win. Obviously, Europeans are exactly the same. But I think the coach was saying that maybe the Europeans give you a bit more tactically or a bit more tactically trained in the head. And maybe sometimes that takes a bit more to train into the South Americans. 
but what maybe they lack in that when they arrive in Europe, they come with so much passion, drive, hunger, desire, all of these um, adjectives. And yeah, I, I just found that part of it really interesting to discuss, actually. I wonder which of those South Americans might sneak in if, we, uh, if we're around long enough to do a 2020 to, to 2030. I've no doubt there'll be, uh, there'll be a few. Maybe, maybe Gabby. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think Gabby would be probably one of the obvious choices. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Natalia as well. Could be yeah. another player to sneak in. Very good. Uh, any final thoughts, boys? I think we're all done here, Dave. I hope everyone's enjoyed it. And obviously there's plenty more on the way as well. Yes, there is. Uh, Dan, anything to report from HQ? No, I just hope you guys enjoyed the uh, podcast. And, and don't forget, you know, subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes. What that man said. Thank you for listening. We're still giving you two episodes a week of The Ace Space at the moment. Every Monday, every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Like, share, subscribe. And until next time, goodbye. Thank you.